letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Wednesday's WCCO All Local, I'm Lindsay Peterson. Today's stories include frustration from the Minneapolis City Council, a two-year-old accidentally shot in Martin County, and looking ahead to the 2024 election. But we begin at the Mall of America, where they're adding gun-sniffing dogs to its security system in time for the holiday shopping season. Along with an increased police and security presence, the Mall of America is adding a new level of security just in time for the holiday shopping season. We're looking to roll out uh, a new addition to our to our team, which is our firearm detection canines over the holidays as well. Will Burngelm is the Mall of America's vice president of security. He says the program has been in development for the last several months. We looked at a lot of different things after last year, after the challenges we had, right? And we, we kind of honed in on this as a, as a kind of a new and emerging thing, certainly in security, but in the canine world as well. Um, and so the dogs will be trained to detect firearms uh, on people uh, in the mall. Burngelm says they hope to build on the program after the holidays. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. And the Minnesota State Patrol is introducing six new canines to the force. Sergeant Chad Mills says through several weeks of training, the dogs learned to detect a variety of drugs, excluding marijuana. New dogs that we trained are on heroin, uh, cocaine, methamphetamine, ecstasy, and then fentanyl. We haven't trained on fentanyl. Currently, we're kind of in the process of deciding whether to do that. The new recruits include Charlie, Tyga, Robbie, Johnny, Alex, and Bolo, who Sergeant Mills says are a huge asset for the State Patrol. Most of the stuff they're smelling, we can't smell. I mean, they have dogs that can detect cancer cells, COVID-19, so it's millions of times better than us. They're a great tool. All the dogs are expected to finish their training by mid-November. Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830 WCCO. Minnesotans are being asked to pay attention to their surroundings and report any suspicious activity as the battle rages on in Israel. It's been a while since we've really had that heightened state of alert for potential terrorism activity in the United States. And this situation creates those opportunities for those lone wolf actors that may uh, be planning to commit an attack in our country. That's Drew Evans, superintendent of the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Well, we have no specific, identifiable, or credible threat to Minnesota at this time. We want to be on alert so that if there's any suspicious activity, that people report that to their local law enforcement, or they can report it dually to us as well so that we work with our federal partners so that we can identify any pattern, suspicious activity to ensure the safety of those in Minnesota. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. Frustration among some council members yesterday as they were presented with a plan and a timeline for what to do with George Floyd Square. That plan calls for the city to hire a consultant and then develop a vision by 2025 and put it in place by 2026. Council President Andrea Jenkins stunned at the delay. I mean, we're, we're talking six years before we even think about redesigning this intersection. And the city seems paralyzed about decision-making as they try to weigh the needs of the community while still recognizing the weight of Floyd's murder. The plan was tabled for the time being. The city of Minneapolis is one step closer to having a new public safety commissioner. There are 11 eyes and one name. Hennepin County Chief Judge Todrick Barnett will take over after the retirement of Dr. Cedric Alexander. During a city public hearing and a vote, he spoke about his commitment to the job. I believe by fostering collaboration, trust, and innovation, we can create a city where everyone feels safe, valued, and empowered. 
The longtime judge and former prosecutor says he'll rely on the five department heads to be the experts in their area as they help to move the city forward as it reimagines, he says, public safety. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. With schools out on Thursday and Friday for MEA this week, MSP Airport is bracing for high volume. Metropolitan Airports Commission spokesman Jeff Lee says Thursday will be the peak with 460 departures, a 12% increase over a year ago. We anticipate, just based on the data that we have, we'll see upwards of 46,000 or more just going through the checkpoints uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and those would be two of our busiest days since the pandemic. He says people who plan to park at the airport should make an advance reservation. Travelers should allow plenty of extra time to go through security, and drivers picking people up from the airport should take advantage of both levels. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. No word yet on whether or not charges will be filed against the owner of a gun involved in an accidental discharge that seriously injured a two-year-old in southern Minnesota. It happened Sunday morning about 10.30. Martin County Sheriff's Captain Corey Klanderud says they got a 911 call from someone in a car reporting an accidental shooting. It's believed that the four-year-old child in the backseat gained possession of the loaded firearm and accidentally discharged the firearm, striking the two-year-old child who was also in the backseat of the, the vehicle. He says they were able to meet the car on the road heading into Fairmont for medical care. That two-year-old was taken by air ambulance to a hospital in Rochester in critical condition. This is one of the you know worst situations we can ever experience in law enforcement, and so you know our heart goes out to the family. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. Emotions ran high inside Target Center last night, where the Timberwolves hosted the Israeli national team Maccabi Renana. About 180 people from the Temple of Aaron congregation in St. Paul attended the game as players wore warm-up shirts with names and faces of hostages taken by Hamas terrorists. The team's coach is Yehu Orland. We're going to continue to live, and we're going to continue to represent Israel. And young families, they need hope. And for us being playing over here, maybe, maybe it's a one step forward to hope that we can give them that. The Maccabi players and coaches arrived in the United States prior to the Hamas terror attacks. Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon is honoring a local Girl Scout troop for their early voter education and outreach efforts. Simon awarded one River Valley Girl Scouts troop with a patch for their outreach work, educating young people about pre-registration for voting in the state for 16 and 17-year-olds. We will see the new Ready, Set, Vote patch that the Girl Scouts River Valley's can, members can earn. Uh, the new patch may be small, but it represents something really mighty, namely the power of the people. Simon acknowledging the importance of young Minnesotan voters. I know that Minnesota's young people are paying attention, they are engaged, and they are ready to go, particularly since it's no news to you. We are heading into what will be a very consequential, very significant election year. The Ready, Set, Vote patch is the first of its kind for the Girl Scouts of the USA. Taylor Rivera. News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison and Secretary of State Steve Simon both issuing statements yesterday after they say a judge in Mille Lacs County barred two people with felony convictions from voting. They say the judge's decision flies in the face of a new state law restoring a felon's right to vote. Both Ellison and Simon say the orders are not lawful and they will oppose them. A demonstration is planned later today at the Minnesota State Capitol with several pro 
Palestinian organizations along with the Minnesota Anti-War Committee holding that demonstration in solidarity with Palestine, taking issue with the U.S. role in aiding Israel and charging the Israeli government with violating international law. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. Minnesota's largest community-based nonprofit mental health provider is officially opening a new location. The 13-bed facility near George Floyd Square in South Minneapolis gives clients the chance to transition from one mental health treatment to another, all under the same roof. It's trauma-informed care for us. Honestly, it, we have, see that we have better outcomes when people are feeling relaxed in a more home atmosphere. Gabe Becker-Finn is Director of Operations for People Incorporated and says the facility's home-like atmosphere is a major draw. All 13 rooms have their are single bedrooms and have their own bathrooms, uh, which is great as far as feeling like you have your own private space. People Incorporated offers both short and long-term programs at its Chicago Avenue location. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. If Minnesota DFL Congressman Dean Phillips wants to mount a serious primary challenge against President Joe Biden, he needs to make some decisions soon. A deadline of 5 p.m. next Friday is looming in one of the country's first primary states, New Hampshire. Its party chair is Ray Buckley. He has to file by then. There's no other way of getting on the state primary. Uh, state primary ballot. Uh, He has to show up at the Secretary of State's office uh, in New Hampshire uh, with a a check of, I believe, $1,000. And uh, you sign the form, and there you are, and you're on the ballot, and you can't get off. Buckley speaking with Arvanita Sakar on the morning news. He confirmed that Phillips did place a call to him recently to discuss the rules for getting on the ballot there. Phillips, of course, has been critical of President Biden's age and has urged fellow Democrats to back a younger candidate. Finally today, Ramsey County's making amends after charging hundreds of residents twice for their property taxes. A spokeswoman says it was an isolated incident with a new vendor and affected 678 people who paid their property tax bill online between September 29th and October 2nd. Residents' bank accounts were charged a second time for the same amount two weeks later. The $3.75 million in duplicate charges has been reversed and affected residents should see refunds in their bank accounts within a day or two. The county is working with the vendor to determine what happened. Laura Oaks, News Talk 8 Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Lindsay Peterson, News Talk 830 WCCO.